It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. When it was announced that Supreme Court Justice Breyer was going to retire, President Joe Biden immediately said that he would nominate a black woman, as he had promised on the campaign trail, and that he would make that nomination before the end of February. Well, the clock is now ticking down. People have their eye on next Monday as the probable day that the president will make that nomination, doing it just before uh, he gives his State of the Union speech next week. Uh, We all know uh, that it will be a black woman. And so as we look at the possibilities, there are really three major uh, nominees. The president, I think, has met with four total nominees. Uh, And so what is it that we know about these nominees? What's influencing the president's decision? And what should we be thinking about when we talk about Supreme Court nominees? Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, as we get closer to that nomination coming down from President Biden, uh, you just heard uh, just in this uh, last segment before the top of the hour news, as we spoke with Kelsey Dallas from the Deseret News, she actually made a great point. She didn't predict uh, who it might be of these leading candidates, the shortlist candidates, but she did talk about it in an interesting way. She talked about the idea that will the president choose someone who will be part of a minority that will give it fiery uh, dissent uh, and dissenting writings uh, in kind of in the model of a Justice Sotomayor, or will the president nominate someone more along the lines of Justice Breyer, who's a little more tempered, uh, a little more collaborative, and a little more conciliatory in terms of even dissenting opinions? Uh, so it, it led us back as we were thinking about the show today to a conversation I had with Judge Thomas Griffith. Uh, Justice Griffith, of course, uh, was on the second highest court in the land, the D.C. Circuit Court, uh, from 2005 to 2015. He's now a lecturer at Harvard Law School uh, and doing all of those fun things. Uh, But in my conversation with uh, Justice Griffith, uh, we got into these top three candidates, and he started out with his thoughts on the current frontrunner, which is actually also from the D.C. Circuit, uh, Judge Ketanji Jackson-Brown. I know Judge Jackson. She served on the district court uh, while I was on the Court of, court of Appeals. Uh, uh, I actually reversed uh, a, a decision of hers, uh, but then I was reversed by the, by the full court. Um, and uh, I, I wrote a letter uh, uh, endorsing her when she was nominated uh, to the D.C. Circuit. She is a delightful uh, uh, p- person, a uh, really wonderful person, great colleague, works well with folks. Um, and uh, and and as a, as a, as a careful a, a careful judge, she's known to be very well prepared uh, for oral arguments, ask good questions. Uh, she's, uh, she's 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 careful and, and, and a hard worker. Uh, I know less well uh, uh, Justice Kruger, 
uh, Leandra Kruger on the California Supreme Court. Although, although I do I do know her uh, as well, but I, I, I know her less well than I know uh, uh, Judge uh, Jackson. Uh, Justice Kruger has a, a reputation as uh, uh, being a serious-minded, careful jurist who writes extremely well. Uh, she uh, her reputation is uh, that of a uh, more of an academic, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's not the right word, but she 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 is uh, very well regarded for her uh, intellectual uh, gravitas. And if she, if she were to be uh, appointed uh, to the Supreme Court, I think uh, in short order she would be uh, a force uh, uh, to be dealt with on, on the Supreme Court. So uh, very highly uh, uh, trained and very well regarded. Uh, across the political uh, uh, spectrum, which when 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 Governor Brown uh, uh, nominated her to the California Supreme Court, um, uh, lawyers on both sides of the aisle who had worked with uh, Justice Kruger throughout her career spoke very highly of her. Uh, so she's very very well uh, uh, well regarded. Th- those are the two names that yeah. uh, bubble, have bubbled up so far. There there will undoubtedly be. Uh, the others, uh, uh, Judge Child, um, uh, 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 district court judge in South Carolina, who has been nominated uh, for my old court to fill a vacancy on the D.C. Circuit's mm-hmm. name, has already been um, uh, uh, bandied about. I, I, I do not know her. I've never dealt with her. But uh, people I do know who know her well uh, uh, think very highly of her. Yeah. And just one final thought from you, uh, Judge, uh, as you – uh, are one uh, who thinks deeply, uh, who loves the country passionately, uh, and who really looks at the court and the Congress and the executive branch uh, in a unique way. Uh, what are you What are you looking for uh, in the days ahead? What are you hopeful for in terms of not just this process, but uh, how the court stands uh, up and down the line? Yeah. So, th- th- thank you for that question because I think it's the I think it's the big question here. Uh, you know, where, where is the Supreme Court um, uh, in, in, in the Republic? And, and I think I think I hope that the legacy of Justice Breyer will play into that, because one of the things Justice Breyer was most passionate about uh, uh, was that judges are not partisans in robes. Uh, he, he wrote a book uh, last year uh, uh, called uh, The Authority of the Court and the Peril of Politics. Uh, and he was a he was a strong voice for the idea that the that, that judges do not act as partisans. They have differences of opinion about how to read a constitution, how to read a statute, how to apply a regulation, but that these are not partisan differences. That the justices are not, you know, there uh, as 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 Democrats or Republicans trying to score a victory for their team. Uh, and I I hope <laughs> I hope that people can see that that that, that is in fact. Uh, that is, in fact, the case. Yeah. Um, uh, if 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 the debate going forward about uh, his replacement reflects those views, I think he would be I think he would be pleased. And I, and I hope that's what will happen. Okay, that was my conversation with Judge Griffith, uh, again, formerly of the D.C. court, circuit court. And uh, again, looking at these candidates, we know the president has interviewed at least three uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, Leander Kruger, and uh, J. Michelle Childs, uh, all of them leading candidates there. And I think uh, we should expect to see one of those uh, women nominated officially to the Supreme Court uh, in the next few days. Most likely, I think it's going to be on Monday. We did uh, note in the White House press briefing that just uh, wrapped up a little bit ago 
that uh, Press Secretary Jen Psaki uh, noted that the president would not uh, delay his nomination, that he would deliver as promised uh, before the end of February. And so my guess is is that it's not likely to be tomorrow or Friday, given uh, what's happening in the rest of the world. Uh, my guess is that this is likely a Monday preview rolling into the president's State of the Union address uh, when the president will make this nomination uh, and that part of the process will begin. So nominations to the Supreme Court. Uh, I still think that Ketanji Brown-Jackson uh, has a slightly there. Michelle Childs, though, has uh, a lot of people pulling for her, uh, including a lot of those influential uh, politicians who were very helpful to the president in South Carolina back in the primary uh, during the presidential run. And so all of that will play into uh, account in one way or another. Uh, we'll see how it all breaks down and what it will mean for the court and more importantly, what it will mean for the country uh, in the days ahead. Stay with us. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.